0: Blob
1: Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. I'm your gracious host from the East Coast, a.k.a. William Powell. This show is sponsored by DC Actors Examiner, a fantastic column that's which all about acting. You can find it by Googling DC Actors Examiner. Follow me on Twitter at forward slash inside bar acting. And you can also follow me at Facebook. The handle there is william.t.powell. Tonight's guest is horror director Billy Pond, who directed Circus of the Dead and Ball Boy, And he is also the owner of Bloody Bill Productions. Before we get to Billy, I have a couple of announcements. Born Rich Media and China Media present I Love My Life, which is dedicated to Stephen Summer. Uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, performing live will be Swiss, Adelphia, Ty Diamond, Guantanamo Mo, M.D.G. The Rapper, King Third Eye, and Miggy and Blust D.L.T.B. This all goes down on Sunday, May tenth, nine p.m. to one thirty a.m. at Pure Lounge. That's thirteen point six U Street Northwest, Washington D.C. Ladies, ten dollars, and fellas. And on June 5th, DE Branch, in association with China Media, LLC, presents an evening filled with fun party connections. This event is for ladies and gents 25 and older. Performing will be Bishop in a live band featuring Jax Anthony, DJ Showboy, and Jeremy. This all goes down Friday, June 5th, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. at B Ranch Restaurant. That's the letters D-E, D-E Ranch Restaurant, 3511 Maryland Avenue, Severley, Maryland. Again, this event is for ladies and gents 25 and older. All right, I see Billy is on hold, so let me just bring him on in. Good evening, Billy Tom. what's going on? What's up William? How's it going, bud? Yeah, that's feeling great, that's feeling great. So I'm gonna jump right in. Man, what to you is scarier to you? A long term relationship with the wrong woman or clowns? I think the the woman by far.
2: Clowns are actually pretty cool if you hang out with them. Women women will eventually <laughs> uh that'll, that'll well, they say uh, my, uh, the the guy that played Mr. Blister, uh, uh, the clown, Rusty Edwards, always quotes that Led Zeppelin song, "The soul of a woman was created below," from Days of Confusion, Led Zeppelin song. So he he likes saying that every day. I run into him. So.
1: <laughs> wow, the soul of a woman is created below. Wow, that's profound, man. So how? Why did you say that. Now th-
2: I'm just I'm just repeating it now, William. Don't get all the women mad at me. So.
1: <laughs> <Okay>.
2: <laughs>
1: we got to make that clear on these airways. We got to make these yeah. clear on these airways, Billy. <laughs> wow. Okay, man. So now you're a film, Circus of the Dead. How is that different from other clown films? Um,
2: I think it's completely different, and and that was part of the challenge. What I wanted to do. That's it's the only reason I did a clown movie was to do it differently. It, is as I kind of always have my way of doing things and I did a haunted house, and, and it was like a zombie-themed haunted house, and I opened up a second haunted house uh, with clowns, because, you know, I heard a lot of people saying they're scared of clowns, so we did a haunted house, and then I thought, too, as I said, well, if you're going to make a, you know, a clown movie, what would you do differently? And that's what I wanted to do, is just to make it like, you know, it would it just happened to be their day job, you know? It, it just wasn't like, you know, uh, and I, like I told Bill Oberst all the time, too, is I said, we're not doing funny ha we're kind of doing, like, a funny, you know, oh, shit <laughs> kind of thing. We don't want it to be, you know, a slapstick at all.
1: Because I've seen some of your work, man. It's like, it's some dark ass that's some That's some very, very dark humor, and it's just, where did that come from? Where would you get all that from, man? Where'd you know, you- um, I say,
2: I say, uh, you know, when my dad, when I was young, uh, it was kind of during the VHS revolution and, and – he he kind of got me hooked on you know I, like I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre two and uh, Evil Dead and all that kind of stuff and then I started going backwards and you know when I was m- on my own and started writing like the original Chainsaw Massacre Jaws and stuff like that Exorcist and I just kind of had a love for horror movies and uh, I guess it's just kind of how I'm wired I'm 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 a you know and I I'd like to say I'm a nice guy I guess it's not right to call yourself a nice guy but uh um, I'd like to think I'm a nice person um, but I just like you know the world is really a dark and Call place and it's like at least find a little bit of humor in it and it's just kind of how I've always been and, and I don't do humor in movies to try to be funny if, it, if I see it starting to happen then I'll let it happen but that's my philosophy in a movie is it just needs to be organic you know it's if you right. do if you're doing it the right way it's going to grow it's like a plant you know it grows into a flower right. or something you know you got to let it be organic and let it grow itself because it'll tell you what it needs to do
1: exactly yeah yes yeah now how does Dolly uh, Boy relate to Circus of the Dead?
2: Well, Dollboy, um, he's in this world of Circus of the Dead, and we always had the idea. We knew he was one of the characters within Circus of the Dead. Um, but we decided on the short first because I just want – my day job is at a TV station, and I do like local commercials, and uh, I thought that would be a good way just to get my feet wet. And, and I never had any inkling of putting uh, Dollboy out. It was just kind of a test to see if I could do something that was halfway entertaining. And uh, some friends, you know, talked me into put it into a film festival and it got into one, got into two, and then it just kind of started blowing up. And um, so it was just a practice thing, but he's actually a character in there. Uh, Popcorn, played by Bill Oberst, Jr., is uh, he finds these people and, and tortures them and every once in a while, if, if he tortures them and these people kind of get off on it, then he might have them kind of, you know, be one of his in his army of, you know, screwed up people. And that's kind of what Dollboy was. Dollboy's backstory is he, he was kind of like a pedophile, and they call him the babysitter, in fact, in Search of the Dead. And uh, they just do a game where they'll throw kids in this big, empty, you know, thing and let Dollboy, you know, hunt them down and stuff like that because they're just sadistic that way. But that's that's all. That's the whole, you know, concept of Dollboy is he's just somebody they picked up, the clowns picked up along the way, and they cut his junk off and turned him into just a, a killer.
1: Oh, wow, that's pretty gruesome. Now, which one of those films got the better reviews?
2: Um, well, I think Circus of the Dead is actually probably getting the better reviews, but I can't think of too many on Dollboy that I found. Uh, it's just what the, the the notoriety is what Dollboy got I thought was great, but Circus is really blowing up. It's just like crazy. Uh, I think out of like 50 reviews or something, I might have seen one or two bad ones on Circus. Um and I still can com- convince those people didn't even watch the movie. They're just, you know, haters. But uh, um, you know, but I don't I don't put much stock in that kind of stuff. So I, I know it's a good movie because I wouldn't put it out if it was bad.
1: Exactly. Yeah, man. So what, what's your opinion of film reviewers?
2: Um, well, some of them are wonderful and take their job serious, and some of them I don't know why they're even doing it. Um, you know, it's hard. It's it's you know, I get asked to review a lot of things or watch a lot of friends' movies and stuff like that. And it's hard because it's like, you know, I could never be honest with somebody because I wouldn't want to hurt somebody's feelings. So I'd be a horrible reviewer. And I think there's a lot of reviewers out there that give good reviews just to, you know, be good or they're kind of your friend or you met them once or twice. Um, So I like the people I don't know when they review it and I don't know them, you know, from Adam, and then they say some stuff like that, that they like it or whatever, then it it feels kind of good. I think the best review I got, though, would probably come – uh, back in November <laughs> excuse me, uh, we hired uh one of Quentin Tarantino's editors to take a look at the film and uh uh give us some feedback on it and he like loved the film and I said, you know, this guy just helped with the... Uh, you know, he edited like uh, worked on Django and Change and all this kind of stuff. And he's saying like my film's pretty cool and he just couldn't believe that we spent as much money on we as we did to make it. So, you know, he was really and he didn't know me any kind of positive thing or nothing like that and I was just very happy that Somebody of his stature liked the movie because I believe that, you know, because he was an outsider.
1: Right. So you you talked about editing, man. So let's kind of jump into some shop talk here. What okay. in the world? What's a, a porn cut? A porn cut? Yeah. Porn cut. Oh, like a porn. I know
2: like a porn wipe. Like those oh, like wipes, wipe. like like well, you know, like the 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 clock wipe on an edit. Um, I don't know I don't know the 000. term porn cut I guess porn cut to me would be Just like bad filmmaking probably With like <laughs> bad acting and bad lighting and Maybe a boom mic or you can see A light or something that doesn't belong there I mean that would be to me is what I would Guess of
1: Okay, <laughs> now, watch, okay. I, mean, that
2: stuff, I, I kid around about that stuff sometimes somebody, When I first started getting asked to do um, Conventions and stuff like that like now, like you ask me a question i'll try to I'll try to think about it just a second before I answer because, um, when I was a little younger, I just you know I kinda of like I had Tourette's, I'd just say some stupid stuff, and
1: somebody asked
2: me what inspired me for dollboy or something, and I said like seventies Bush or something other, <laughs> and I was like, why don't you answer the thing yeah. you did but my and and I'll use this time to clarify that, but what I was saying is basically you know stumbling over porn or something when you're young or something they say you know it have an effect on you. It, it, I guess it did have some kind of effect up in a messed up way and stuff like that. And, and all that stuff definitely shows in my movies kind of like that. So um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe I'm a decent horror
1: filmmaker because I got some mental problems. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. So speaking, speaking uh, talking about filmmakers, how did you teach yourself to be a filmmaker? I think it was like, you know,
2: uh, there's two answers to that. Part one, of course, is by really paying close attention to the the masters before you, you know, watching The Jaws, The Exorcist, The Shining, you know, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, any great movie that you consider a great movie, if you watch, I mean, they all got a formula, Psycho, Why Everything Worked and stuff, and it's just, you know, a perfect movie. And uh, secondly, I would say in like 98, I moved to uh, Odessa, Texas from Dallas, um, just cause I, I was down here visiting my dad and seen a job at a TV station. And I thought if I could get a job at a TV station, I could learn how to shoot a camera, I can learn how to edit and all this kind of stuff. So that's what I did. And then I, I worked my way up to create a service director and I've been doing that for the past decade. So I guess, you know, I get to pull uh, commercials out of my butt every day. You know, you show up and some days I'm making a dog talk and, some days I'm shooting a jewelry store commercial, you know, you just kinda of never know what you're gonna do from day to day, but it, it kinda of makes you work fast on the fly and I think that helps the movie making.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's that's great training. Man, so we're gonna go back to you talk about those those classic horror movies and things, especially some of the ones in the seventies. Man, and looking back maybe it was something in the in the food back then, maybe we had too much corn starch in our diets now, but why were the seventies Poor Flick babes, so hot. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking about that. Those 70s babes are hot. Uh,
2: that's funny, like that. Like, I mean, when I was younger, I was like, man, these 80s babes are way nicer than the 70s babes were. But I guess because I was probably getting older and hitting puberty and stuff like that, um, that's a dang good question. Maybe it just wasn't so much. Maybe it was more about um, it's like that Van Halen song, Town Cake. Maybe it's just kind of just, it was a little bit simpler. You know, it wasn't so processed. As maybe everything's too overly processed, it's not so much natural anymore. Maybe the '70s was just more about, you know, natural beauty kind of thing. And that might be a dumb answer, but I guess that's what I'm gonna how I'm gonna answer that one.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. Man, I think I, I read or heard somewhere you went to a film festival in Spain. Is that right? Did you? Where was that? Well, the,
2: the, well, the movie did. Yeah, um, I didn't oh. go over there. Uh, I get I get offered <laughs> to go to those things. And people ask me, you know, uh, you know, how come I don't go out to a lot of these things is, it's
1: like
2: i it's I'm kinda like a recluse, you know. It's kinda I have been such a lifelong bachelor that um I get myself worked up to write, you know, to keep writing and to stay busy and do a lot of thinking inside my head and stuff. That's kinda what it is. So I've kind of been caught in this thing, so it's very rare to get to see me at a uh festival. I will make it out to some every once in a while, but depending on how far it is um yeah i'm not crazy about traveling and stuff and and no offense too is like traveling overseas right now stuff. So i went to china in probably about 2008 or something
1: and uh but see all that
2: terrorist stuff's gotten so kind of crazy i'm just like you know i don't know i just don't want to get shot down over the sea or something in a foreign country or something
1: so oh wow yeah it's a dangerous world out there yeah yeah so you're not a red carpet guy huh
2: no, uh, um, I mean it's cool stuff. You know, I love going to Texas Fat Mary Weekend up in Dallas, and they're doing a local one here. Went to the Twisted Tales thing. Basically, if something's kind of around in Texas, I'll, I'll for sure usually if I can drive there, you know, in three, four, or five hours, I'd probably give it a shot or something. And and, and you know, every once in a while, pretty soon I'll start hitting some other festivals. It's, it's I kind of quit doing all that kind of stuff because it's it's taking so long to get circuits out. Uh, cause it's just the red tape of putting a movie out the right way. Um, it. You know, I just, it's like I kind of don't have anything to promote and everybody's saying, well, when Circus is going to come out, when Circus is going to come out. So uh, I just, until the movie can actually get out, I just don't see too much point in me being at the film festivals or at least the conventions and stuff too often.
1: Hmm. Yeah, man, what's your take on on distribution? I mean, are you looking at pushing some of these films out to like a Netflix or a Hulu or a the Redbox? Well, you know, what's your strategy there?
2: Well, William, it's like that's like the. It's like you think making a movie is hard. It's like when you get to this stuff is when you really realize what a pain in the butt all this stuff is. Um, I mean, basically, what you do if you do it the right way. I mean, you're looking for a distribution company, and then that distribution company will get it into Netflix or and have a company pick it up and you know Lionsgate or something, and they'll they'll put it out everywhere and that kind of stuff. So when we first did this, we figured I was, or at least I figured I was smart enough to to hit a lot of these places myself and try to get in through the back door, Um, you know, because once they see how cool the movie is, they'll talk. Um, But then it comes, you realize it's really a lot about connections and stuff like that. So we kind of have a a sales rep kind of seeking out for us now, and uh, he's got better contacts than we got, and that's kind of where we're at right now is, you know, we're getting good feedback and stuff like that. And we've had offers, but we're just trying to, you know, find the right deal Um, just so that way it's like when I say the right deal, I don't mean money. I actually just mean I want it to get out to as many, you know, places or things that I can get it out to so that way it gets seen. Because as a filmmaker, I care more about that than anything. Is I, I want it to get seen by people and, and them to get the meaning and, you know, because it's just like, it's it's like, that's how I get my art out. You know, I don't paint pictures, you know, and things like that. That's, that is my art is putting, you know, moving pictures out. And, and that's what I want, you know, seen by as many people as I can
1: yeah that's right man that's what's uh yeah so how's the filmmaking business in texas i mean you hear about austin and all this uh robert Rodriguez and all that how's the scene down there i think it's pretty good i mean
2: it, it's funny it's like there's like i got a bunch of good friends out in houston doing it i got a lot of bunch of friends in dallas and a bunch of friends in uh, austin and there might be a little bit in san antonio but we'll call san antonio's close enough to austin to call it austin but uh that's about it as far as Texas, and then I'm out all by myself out in West Texas. Like, see, I'm like 400 miles from Dallas where I'm at. I'm kind of in between uh, Dallas and El Paso. Um,
1: yeah, you're way so out there. Way out,
2: yeah, I'm way out there. Yeah, there's not much out here but some crazy-ass clowns and stuff. But, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of like it, though, is, is I'm glad I'm not into that seeing stuff too much because I think nowadays you don't have to be – somewhere you know i don't i don't you know will i ever move to california you know maybe will i ever move to austin maybe but not right now because if i need to shut a street down down here i can call you know friends that are police officers or city people and you know i know everybody if i need a hotel if i need an elevator if i need a mall if i need a car dealership i need a jewelry store i mean i've got so many connections here you know it's like when we're getting those connections for circus of the dead it's like I was ready to pay some of these locations, but most of the time they said, yeah, hey, Billy, you know, hey, you're a good guy. You've always did us, you know, square, so, you know, we'll take care of you. And uh, I got a lot of locations like that just by being nice to people, and that's why I'm afraid to move off yet because I couldn't find the the, the means to get things done. You know, I'd say, well, where's a cool-looking bridge at? Because down here in West Texas, I know where everything's at that I can possibly dream up. Now, I'm not going to film any snow stuff down here <laughs> out in the desert, but – uh for desert stuff, it's perfect.
1: Yeah, you know, it's like Robert Rodriguez. He has like a, a ranch, man. So Billy, man, it sounds like uh, Odessa is like your own private ranch. You got everything right yes, like there. You got your whole studio. <laughs> well,
2: it's a screwed up ass thing, uh, that's for sure. But see, what's cool is I'm in, I'm in a unique situation. Is I work for a TV station, and I've been here for so long, and they they've believed in me so much, and they invested in Circus of the Dead. And, like we had a a big giant jib crane camera in the newsroom or the studio that we never used, and I said, "Hey, can I use this for the movie?" And they go, "Yeah, absolutely, you can." And you know, that was like a twenty thousand dollar jib jib crane. So it's like I'm just kind of fortunate to be in my situation. You know, I've just got a lot of things at my you know disposal to use. You know, and and it's uh, I'm a very lucky and blessed person when it comes that way. So uh, I just feel like I need to. Keep making movies, though. It's been two years since we shot Circus, and it's taken us, you know, a while to get out stuff. So I'm already ready to be on to the next project.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thinking of uh, other projects. Um, let's see. You had Behind Mister Fister. Mr.
2: Yeah, what Fister, was going Yeah. There? yeah. Uh, what was that
1: all about, Mr. Well,
2: Mister Fister was um, actually. Well, actually, you know what's funny is Circus of the Dead come from a. We did a fake trailer in 2007 for Robert Rodriguez and Tarantino did Grindhouse. Do you remember that?
1: I would remember that. Yeah, you know, was fake trailers yep. and all that.
2: So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So they did the fake trailers, and you remember the winner was Hobo with the Shotgun. Do you remember
1: mm-hmm. that? And mm-hmm. then when
2: Hobo with the Shotgun got made, they did a contest, just like Grindhouse did a contest, and that's why I made Mr. Fister,
1: and it did
2: like really, really good. People loved the Mr. Fister thing. Uh, I have a couple of stories and stuff that I'm playing with. I'm just not happy with it yet because that's that's what I was telling you is is I could make a cheesy, over-the-top, gory movie, but I want something with some kind of substance. I still think no matter how corny it is, if it's a movie about clowns or if it's a movie about a Mr. Fister, it should still be a good movie with a good story and good characters. You know, it just shouldn't be cheese for cheese sake or, you know, gore for gore sake. That's just not yeah. what i do. Yeah,
1: man, I, I agree with that. Yeah, you know what, oh, i got to ask you, i got to ask you, because that was, um, God, which, which one was it? Was it Doll Boy? I was watching it, and you got that music. Where do you get that that, uh, that 1970s feature presentation? Da, 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 da,
2: oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, think, I, think we,
1: <laughs>
2: I think we snagged it off of uh, YouTube or something. It's actually, <laughs> you've That thing's all over the place. That thing's so famous. Yeah. On the company attractions. Yeah, that's a neat thing. It's just, that's just always stuck in my head and they use it a lot on Grindhouse and stuff like that. And that's why I did that. Now, if you notice though, like Dog wasn't too Grindhouse. and Circus of the Dead, I got away from that altogether because I, I just don't want to be a, uh, do something cliche or nothing. You know, like I said, I, I want it to be a very solid, good movie, regardless of what the material is about. You know, I just want it to be a good, solid story.
1: That's right, man. That, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, oh, the devil's reject. Uh, did we talk about that what, what was going on with that one? Yeah, the devil's
2: Reject, that's the Rob Zombie movie. Um, but that's, that was the first time I saw like Captain Spaulding was played by Sid Haig. And, um, like that was, int- it, it kind of inspired me to, I said, what would you do if you didn't make a clown movie? Which is funny now because now he's making a new clown movie called 31. Um, and somebody was saying, "Well, you know, he's ripping you off, ripping your idea off." I go, "I go, I don't know." I said, "Everybody's inspired by something else." I said, "I doubt that he's even seen my, you know, little old movie from Texas." You know, but I, I hope he does see it someday, and I, I think he'll like it though. Uh, um, it's it's very in the style of House of a Thousand Corpses and uh, Devil's Rejects for sure.
1: Oh yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses that that was a good one. So uh, you got involved in what was it? Women in horror. Blood Dry, how did you get involved in that? Uh,
2: that was, um, well. you make a lot of friends when you, you do this stuff, and and honestly, like maybe 70% of my friends in there are people I haven't met that are kind of all over the world. And uh, that was uh, Hannah Neurotica, who was one of the first couple of reviews. I, when I first did Dollboy, I, I said, well, maybe I should send it out to get reviews. And I thought of Sangoria, and I contacted uh, Rebecca McKendry at uh Fangoria, and then I guess when you send them screeners, they send them out to reviewers, and Hannah Narodica ended up with it, and she wrote a really cool review on Dollboy, and after I read it, or whatever, we kind of stayed in touch and become pretty good friends, and she was saying was getting ready to work on this project, and I said, well, you know, if you get your butt down here to Texas, I said, we'll use my crew and my equipment and all that, and we'll film a little segment for you, you know. Uh, I like to pay it forward and stuff, so when somebody's an aspiring director or filmmaker or something, and they want to come and, you know, Take a little bit of knowledge from me and stuff like that. I like when that happens. So, so she come down here. And we spent a weekend shooting and stuff like that, and it was fast and furious. She got here and then she was gone, and it's like we blinked our eyes. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I want to touch on uh, how do you go about casting your actors?
2: Um, that's a good question, William. Because um, if there's any actors or actresses listening right now, they should
1: pay attention. This is
2: like. I really watch their Facebooks a lot and stuff too. Like when we come across like we were casting for popcorn and uh like I started looking on Google and uh looked up like uh, indie actors and I started seeing Bill Oberst pop up on these things and I started watching his demo reels. And then we we were tagged in the same post together and, and I I knew I was gonna to try to use that opportunity to see how friendly he was by just saying I just feel lucky enough to be tagged in the same post with Bill Oberst Junior. I said, I'm, like, a huge fanboy. And uh, so we friended each other on Facebook. And then my next goal was to wait a week or two and act cool and then ask him, you know, hey, how do you go about, you know, getting scripts? Because I have this movie, you know, script, and I'd like you to check it out and maybe, you know, if you're interested in doing it. And he goes, yeah, I sure send it my way. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, it's like the regular Hollywood thing because there's a lot of people that, you know, they're not like Bill. Bill's, you know, Bill's, he's not wired like everybody else. He's, He's a... Uh, a man of honor and stuff like that. Well, anyway, he got the script and within two or three hours later, he called back, said he really liked the script. And he said, well, you know, talk to my uh, manager and uh, let's see what we can work out. And it was almost about that easy. And then he come out and played this part, Popcorn. And when you get to see the movie, you'll just be blown away by, you know, his portrayal. It was, it's like, my goal is like, I feel like I let down all the other actors and actresses because Popcorn was such a good character. And I need all my characters that great someday. Hopefully my next movie, like, all the characters would be great, because I think hopefully I learned a lot from Circus and stuff. But to answer your question to go about casting is I kind of just watch Facebook. A lot of them friend me, and they'll send demo reels. And, like, honestly, every day I get two or three actors, you know, that write. Um, I just take it in, you know, note make little notes. If if they have a look or something, I kind of file it in the back of my head, or I'll, I'll even save their pictures and stuff like that, and, say remember this and then when it's time to start casting i'll start going through my notes and stuff and see and i'll start looking at these people but uh with that said too is like if there's a lot of erratic behavior and stuff and if they seem kind of crazy on social media (laughs) then i'll steer the other way too because it's like that's the last thing you need is like drama on a set or something like that you know so we had a really good one at circus of the dead it's like it's like you know, all the people that, you know, I worked with on that movie, I'd work with again, and, and I plan to. And, and I think I'll even be even better for it, because once I get to know somebody and as a person, I kind of see what they do as far as acting, and I know exactly how to write the perfect part for them. Bill was just, I was just very fortunate that that popcorn and his abilities were just, that's like, you know, hitting a jackpot, you know, or hitting a home run or a grand slam is what I tell everybody. That just doesn't... That just, I don't know, I, I'm hoping it's not downhill from here. <laughs> I hope next time I do a movie, it's just good, but it's going to be hard to top that one.
1: Mm. Yeah, we going to tread into to dangerous ground here, Billy. So what's, okay, better, what's been better in your experience, uh, union shoots or non-union shoots?
2: Well, I've only done non-union shoots, and... and I know that you know, I know that I'm going to be doing union shoots someday because of course you know if you're going to move up the ladder that's what you got to do, um, but we we're going to try to do both union and non-union this first time. But uh, when you're an indie filmmaker and you don't have much business I mean there's a lot of red tape and stuff and it's terrifying. So we decided early on on Circus that it was going to be non-union and luckily in Texas you can do that and. There are certain actors, and I can't think of the name offhand, but I think Bill is one of those where Bill can do union and non-union stuff, and a lot of other actors can do that kind of stuff too. But some can't, you know, they got to declare themselves a certain kind of thing or something other. And uh, um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I know I'm going to move up to union yet, but uh, hopefully when I'm that big, I'll have some really smart business people taking care of that for me because I think it's way over my head.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of there's a ton of red tape there. Oh, I'm going to jump back a, a little bit here. I I listened listen to uh, some comments you had made about, and it kind of threw me for a loop. Maybe you could explain uh, it a little better than I could. What do you mean when you say a movie, a uh, uh, such and such movie is a movie disguised as a horror movie, huh? That's not even ringing
2: the bell, William. You're confusing me. Are you sure that was me or some other fat guy said
1: that? I, yeah, I think you said it about um, uh, che- Texas Chainsaw Mass- Massacre. Oh, yeah,
2: okay, now I know Did what you're see, talking about. I can't agree a that. movie yeah. disguised what I'm as a horror movie? It's a good, yeah, it's, well, it's It's a good movie disguised as a horror. I'm just saying why oh, can't a horror okay. movie be great? Why can't a horror movie be a good movie? It's just a good movie right, disguised okay. as a horror movie. Now, but see, like, I just got off a Breaking Bad kick and got caught up on that. Breaking Bad was one of the darkest shows I've ever watched and stuff. It's like people are going this away, you know, and it's like I got some crazy stuff in circus that people, you know, even my boss said, you know, don't don't shoot that. You're never going to show it. Well, I showed it in the movie, and everybody loves it. He even thinks it's a good scene now. But sometimes you got to, you know, take that chance sometime and push it. If it's part of the story or, you know, then you should do it. If, it if it helps the story move along and stuff and it, you think it's necessary and I tell everybody I got a good gut when it comes to that I mean hell my gut's big enough but uh I think I got a good gut and and same thing with my writing partner Lee Ancrum is the one thing we possess is we have a really good shit filter and if something's not if something's starting to stink a little bit we can we'll look at each other and know that it needs to come out or something so we're pretty good with that and if I say something that's stupid he'll catch me and vice versa so uh And I haven't met too many people in the world that's – that's why me and him work so good together is is we've kind of got that perfect marriage as far as telling stories. Because we we both had a – I guess, you know, uh, we grew up in a similar city, and we grew up with, you know, weird upbringing and stuff. And I love my parents, and I'm not saying anything I had a bad upbringing. I just had a very unique one, you know, Um, a lot of interesting characters, and I just remembered a lot of stuff growing up. And it always finds its way into movies and these the same way, you know, when he does things and stuff too. So we just have a very uh, dark humor outlook towards life. So, and that comes through in the, in our, in our writing.
1: Mm. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about writing. What were some of the, uh, not too much your influences, but I guess your, was it like a trial by error as far as learning how to write or is there a certain book Mm -hmm. referenced or how did you get there? Well, that, see, that's, a, that's a, you're asking some good
2: questions, Williams, and, and, and hopefully people will listen to this and, and will we'll pay attention because what I'm going to say is like, it's like I bought all those books. When I started Circus, uh, here's a true story. I'll tell you a true story. It is uh, Dean Cooper was on uh, Young and the Restless. You know Dean Cooper, right? You heard of Dean Cooper? She passed away a couple oh, years
1: ago. Yeah, she passed away, yeah. hmm. Well,
2: her son's Corbin Burnson. Well, she was at our TV station uh, promoting a. Um, rehabilitation center, you know, for alcohol and uh, drug abuse. And uh, she was promoting the center because she was, you know, a partner of the center or whatever to help people. And uh, they, they talked me into bodyguarding for one day. And uh, I made pretty good friends with her. And uh, when she was leaving, I finally had the guts to say, hey, could you give this script, the search of the Dead script, to Corbin? You know, I mean, at this time, I barely made Dollboy. I didn't want to, uh, you know, I didn't know how the whole game worked. So she gave it to uh, you know, Corbin and about two weeks later Corbin Burnson uh called me on my phone and he said he's looking for Billy Pond. I said, This is Billy and he goes, Hey man, this is Corbin Burnson He goes, My mom passed along the script to me and he goes he goes, What is this shit? <laughs> and I go I go, Well, I go, It's a script. He goes, Well, it don't read much like a script. He goes, You got an interesting story He goes, but you got a lot of work to do. He goes, Is this your first script? And I go, Yes, sir. And he goes, you got a lot of work to do. So he recommended some books and stuff, and I started getting those books and and didn't understand. It's like, okay, well, you got to have a backstory and these cards and all this kind of stuff. And now it all makes sense. So so I went, we went and did a rewrite completely on Circus of the Dead, which I'm so glad that happened with him because I would have never rewrote it to what it was. And um, books are helpful, but they may be over your head, right? But you got to keep yeah. practicing and keep doing because it's the only thing that's going to make you better. Now, when you're writing a story, is it's like I said, is like you have to have a good idea, right? But you really need to, like the endings always are hard. So once we had the ending for Circus of the Dead, we wrote backwards. I knew the ending for Dollboy. I knew the ending for Circus of the Dead basically before the whole movie came together because to me the, the, the horror movies and stuff fall short on the endings usually. So if you can master that, and, and then we just try to write backwards, and we start filling it in. Like they say in those books, you know, you do like a timeline on a notepad or something and you and just kind of figure it out that way and start filling in the blanks. And, uh, it works pretty good. Um, I've been writing a whole bunch and we've got four or five other things we're working on and whichever, whatever circus sells, whichever one, you know, strikes my fancy the most that day, that's probably be our next, you know, green light project.
1: All right, man. Okay, Billy. So we've got about, uh, about seven minutes left. Uh, so let's mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about uh, how you got into the haunted house business, and then we're going to just follow up, follow up, uh, and finish with uh, projects you got uh, coming up next, and okay. how people can get in contact with you. Okay.
2: Well, uh, the the haunted houses come with. I guess it's like kind of like my dad too, but my mom's kind of involved in this one too. Is my dad kind of got me into horror movies, uh, but my mom was PTA president at uh, my elementary school, and we always did the fall carnivals, and she. And I went up there to help her, and I was like in the whore. I said, heck, I'll help him, you know, make the haunted house. Anyway, by the time I got out of that elementary school, and I was a junior high, I started doing the haunted house for that school because my brothers were still there. And then by the time I got in high school, got with, like, the local JCs. And then I started doing that. It's just I run into Lee in my teens, and he loved haunted houses too. And we just, you know, that's kind of what we did is we kind of groomed for making movies by doing haunted houses because our haunted houses are pretty detailed. It's like you're going into your own personal movie because the sets are all the same, and it's not, you know, you don't have like a Jason room or Freddy Krueger room. It's like theme. We have one that's kind of like a, uh, a zombie apocalypse kind of thing inside a military warehouse medical facility, and then we have a sideshow circuits with a bunch of freaks, like made-up freaks, people sewing together and stuff like that, and a bunch of clowns running around. So that's the haunted house thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, so what uh, projects you got coming up next?
2: The next thing we're doing next is uh, the assistant director and the producer, one of the producers from Circus of the Dead, uh, Ray Ballard, uh, a good friend of mine, he works at the TV station with us now, he wants to be a director as well. And and I said, well, you know what, let's write a short. And we and him kind of worked on a short together. And uh, we're going to film that actually probably three weeks into June. And we're going to take about three days filming in the old theater, a local theater here in town. And uh it's gonna be kinda of, it's gonna be set in nineteen seventy eight. I think we're gonna call it a uh, Gentleman Jack. That's probably the first time anybody heard that, so it's just an old school slasher thing. It's gonna be directed by Ray Ballard and I'm gonna produce it and stand over his shoulder and kinda of just kinda of like what we did for Hannah, Hannah Neurotica for Women in War, um just you know, just pass it along, you know, just kinda of, what do you, what do they say, William, pay it forward? I'm just trying to pay it forward.
1: That's right. That's right. And uh, how can fans keep up with you, man?
2: I would go to uh, Facebook, and I usually do a pretty good job of answering messages. It may take a day or two, but uh, they can always find me, Bloody Bill, on Facebook, Uh, Circus of the Dead on Facebook, Dollboy on Facebook. Somebody knows me somewhere on there, so I'm kind of all over the place.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, Billy, man, this was a great interview. I'm so glad I had you on. And definitely gonna have you on again, man. He, this will be a really good—you'll be a really good guest for like around Halloween and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well I, man, appreciate, I, just, I
2: appreciate the uh, the opportunity to talk about this stuff, William. I appreciate it. I think I met you through Chanel one time. I think I called in, she was on the show and asked, yeah, so I'm glad she introduced us and stuff, and and I appreciate all the support you give us.
1: Oh, absolutely, man. That's what it's all about. Play it forward, brother. Play it forward.
2: There you go. Pay it
1: forward. (laughs) Okay, Billy, well, man, you have a great night, man. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye. And let me leave you with this quote from Leonardo DiCaprio. The good thing about acting is that it always keeps you on your toes. It's not like any other job where you can go in and do the same thing as yesterday. Good night.